Hello and welcome back to the Style Stories podcast. I'm your host, personal stylist Lisa Gilby, and this is the podcast for women over 40 discussing everything to do with style, image and fashion. I'm absolutely delighted this week to have Erin Busby from Busby Style joining me all the way from Colorado in the States. So she used to be a personal stylist working one-on-one like me, but she now has an amazing YouTube channel with fantastic how-to style videos. If you go and check it out, it's Busby Style on YouTube, and there's just so many tips and tricks, a wide-ranging thing. Probably every style question you've ever thought of, Erin covers it on her videos, and she releases new videos every Wednesday and Sunday. So that's her YouTube channel, Busby Style. And in this episode, we discuss lots of things. We discuss our experience, both our experiences as personal stylists and the top reasons people struggle to pull together a fantastic wardrobe. We also discuss Erin's personal pivotal style moment, the moment she really realized that clothes had power and the power to really transform how you feel. One thing she's also offering, you must grab this, is to go to her website. She's got a free PDF to grab for all the listeners of this podcast. So there are two available to grab and they are the top basics you need to have in your wardrobe to make sure it flows. So one of the main things we both have noticed working with clients and seeing inside wardrobes, working one-to-one with people, is that many people struggle to pull outfits together. The reason for that is so, so often a huge percentage of the time because they don't have the right basics to pull the wardrobe together and make sure it flows. Lots of people shop in a kind of ad hoc rushed way online um, and buy the sparkly things that you're seduced by or the more glamorous things and then don't have the basics to pull it together. So these fantastic free downloadable PDFs that Erin has put together give you a checklist of the top key basics that you need in your wardrobe to make sure it flows. There's one for spring, summer and there's one for autumn, winter. There's a special link which Erin mentions at the end of the podcast that you need to use to grab those PDFs and I'll also put the link in the show notes. And now it's time for the main part of the show. So today on the podcast, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome Erin Busby, Erin Busby of Busby Style. She is the go-to style and beauty expert for busy women over 40 juggling life. She provides simple step-by-step guidance through relatable video tutorials, how-to blog posts, and key shopping suggestions. Erin's mission is to empower women to become the best, most stylish version of themselves. Before Busby Style, Erin was an award-winning journalist, most notably at CBS in New York. In 2009, an inherent passion for fashion prompted her to start styling services via busbystyle.com and that's b-u-s-b-e-e style.com specializing in real women which is who I work with real women now she focuses her attention online on both the blog busbystyle.com and her amazing youtube channel which you have to check out it's brilliant busby style go and have a look at her youtube channel erin has appeared as a style expert on good morning america and CBS 2 News this morning. She's worked with major brands like Nordstrom, I always pronounce that wrong, Bloomingdale's and eBay. Erin was even featured in a national spring beauty campaign for Ulta Beauty. 
Erin's most important role, though, is being mum to 10-year-old Gage. Is that the right pronunciation, Erin? <laughs> Gage? Yes, it is. Perfect. Excellent. And eight-year-old Elizabeth. So welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining me, Erin. All the way from Colorado. Yes, thanks for having me, Lisa. I'm so happy to be with you, and I'm really happy to dive in because I love what you're doing. I love your mission. And I think we have a lot of synergies, so I'm really excited to talk to you. I mean, I do, I do what you used to do. So you kind of started out doing, so I work one-to-one with women, real women, and I always say that in all of my copy as well, on my website and everything, because it's really mm-hmm. important. You know, don't, I don't work with five foot nine skinny models. You know, I work with people with curves and jobs and busy lives and all of that, same as you. But you went from that to online so I'm going to cover that in a minute because it's a it's just your success is amazing and the videos that you put out are brilliant but I just want to first of all start with um what led you to start your business in the first place how did you end up going from journalism to starting (laughs) your business (laughs) yeah it is quite a pivot I love how you've also made major pivots in your career as well so I know you can understand how hard it can be to make these dramatic pivots. But essentially, I got married. My husband is Texan. He wanted to be close to his mom to take care of her. So we moved to South Texas. And I had a choice. I could pursue the journalism track in South Texas, or I could start over. And my husband said to me, what would you do for free? If you could do anything and not get paid for it, what would you do? And so I said, I really want to help women look pretty. (laughs) I know that sounds kind of silly, maybe superficial, but I really felt in my heart. I I know you get it. It's a really important part of a woman's life. I I believe, and I know you believe too, that when you look good, you feel good, very simply. And so I really wanted to dedicate my professional life to helping women. Um, with their personal style, with their wardrobes. And so that's what I decided to do. And because I had that journalism background, I was able to pretty quickly make connections with the local lifestyle show and was able to appear on the local lifestyle show in San Antonio, Texas, as a style expert and also, you know, made some inroads with local magazines. And those appearances and articles really helped to fuel the client base as well as word of mouth. Right. Okay. So that was the starting point. And then, and then how long did you work one-to-one with people? I worked with clients or I worked exclusively with women one-on-one for five years. And then that was when I realized kind of toward the end of the five years, like, Hmm, how do I grow this business? It isn't really scalable like this. There's only one of me. I only have so many hours in a day. I did try to hire a stylist and she was trained and ready to go after about a year. It took that long to get her trained. And then she decided she didn't want to style real women. Oh, <laughs> so no. I'm like, well, I don't think this is going to work. It's a very unique skill set. It takes a special person to do it. And so when I found out about affiliate marketing, which is how um, I initially made money online, I realized that I could scale my business utilizing all of that knowledge that I'd gained as a stylist, um, just focusing online. And I would have the ability not only to scale the business, but then also to reach more women all over the world, not just one-on-one. And so that was really 
the appeal to me uh, on all levels. I, I had this chance to reach more women and also scale the business and make more money. Yeah, because the thing is, when you're working one-to-one -one with people, you're literally swapping time of money, aren't you? So, you know, every, yeah. you know, you have to be there for every second of it. So it makes sense financially and scalably to, to go online. And was it quite a, was that quite a tough process, like to go from one-on-one -on -one to then start your online business? Because, you, you know, you've got over 300,000 subscribers on YouTube you know, it's, it's a big reach. It's amazing. So how long has that taken and what was the process of that? Yeah. I mean, whenever you make a major pivot, as you know, it's very humbling in the beginning, you are basically starting from scratch and you have to learn all of these new things or these new, you know, new software, new programs, new things that you've never had to learn before. So in the beginning it was very humbling, but because I did have that client base and and already had developed trust within my local community. I did have a lot of clients and other people who knew about me following me right away. So out of the gate, I really was making money with very little overhead, which is kind of unusual for most people starting out. They may not have that built-in base. Um, I had already sort of established a name for myself and a brand. So I did have that base out of the gate, but then the building of the Instagram followers and the YouTube subscribers, it's, it's just a long process. So I've been in this um, online space for well over five years, and I'm really proud of the community that I've been able to develop of amazing women over 40 who all are interested in, you know, being the best version of themselves, not becoming invisible and just giving up. Like they really want to put the effort in. They see the value in, in the way that you look. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, both you and I, you know, we enjoy looking good. I'm actually going to swap the questions around here a bit because it, this goes on nicely. Um, you were just saying about women over 40 who want to look nice. I mean, I personally, I mean, this is just me. I always dress up on a Saturday, no matter what. If, even when I'm not going anywhere, I will dress up on a Saturday. And I really love that. And I just do. <laughs> I always put my makeup on. Always. I'm just that kind of person. I enjoy it. And it makes me feel good. But, you know, you read these, you know, there are many women over 40, of course there are, that still want to look amazing and look their best and everything else, you know, which is why you've built such a great community because we want to know about this and, you know, get tips and, you know, get through all the vast choice in the shops to work out what really works. But what about lots of magazine articles that you just see all the time telling you that when you're over 40, you shouldn't wear a short skirt you can't wear a bikini anymore. There's lists of things that you just have to give up because you're over a certain age. You're old, you're on the scrap heap. What do you think about that? I'm pretty much with you on that. I think it's ridiculous. I think that if you want to wear something and it makes you feel amazing and you feel really confident wearing it, you should definitely wear it. I think that yes, there are modifications that you may want to make over a certain age, depending on your comfort level. Um, but all in all, I think it's about what makes you just feel amazing. What puts that spring in your step? Um, what makes you feel like you can tackle the world? That's what you should wear. You know, I still wear bikinis and I'm really proud to wear a bikini right now. And I'm going to wear a bikini as long as I can because yeah, definitely. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, if you I feel, think if you if feel, you feel great, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just just go for it. You know, wear the short skirt, wear 
whatever you like. I, I mean, it's just, it's just so judgmental, isn't it? And it's putting women in a box as well. It's, it, it's, you know, it's a bit misogynistic really, isn't it? It's sort of, you know, back off darling, you're, you're 40 now. It's time for you to kind of disappear in the background. Well, no. <laughs> I think sometimes it comes from a good place. I think they just want to, you know, remind us that maybe after a certain age, like your skin doesn't look the same, your body doesn't look the same, the same gravity kicks in and like skin laxity kicks in and all these weird things start happening to your body and your skin. Um, so I do think there are things you can think about to make your, maybe to like pair with your short skirt to make it look more elegant and classy, or, you know, there are, there are modifications that you can make to look very elegant and classy because you don't want to just wear it for the sake of it. You want to wear it and still look sophisticated and polished and elegant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when people tell you don't wear something, it's like, what? No, you know, I'm not going to. If someone tells you, it tells me not to do something, I want to do it even more. Sadly, I'm that, I'm that kind of person. But I'm, I just think you're no, right. What you're saying, make modifications. You do want to look a little bit, you want to wear classier clothes. You know, I, I say I will wear what I want, but I wouldn't wear certain things that I wore when I was 20, obviously, because then you've crossed that other line, which is looking a bit desperate, trying to look like, mm -hmm you want to, you know, you want to look 20 again, which can have, mm -hmm. you know, that's not a really positive thing, is it? It's just, you know, make some modifications, look polished, look classy and ignore those horrible magazine articles. That's what I would say. Um, the other thing I wanted, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say was, because this is a style stories podcast. When I have people on here, I like to ask them, you know, about their inherent personal style. So if you can think back maybe to a moment in life when you thought what you wear really has power and it gives you joy or, you know, and did you have any embarrassing style moments along the way when you're on that journey? Because it's a journey and you have to experiment. I think everybody has a style story for sure. And one of the things people ask me, um, especially when I was seeing clients one-on-one, -on -one, they would ask, you know, oh, well, is this just something that you have or you don't have? And you and I both know that's absolutely not true. Like you, you can learn to be more stylish. It is not necessarily something that you inherently have. I think maybe some of, some of us have that joy that we glean from style. Like I know, I knew at a very young age that I loved clothes and they just made me feel so happy. Um, and maybe you don't have that, but you can definitely learn to be more stylish. So when I was 25, I decided I was going to quit my job and I was going to move to New York city and I didn't have a job. I had like 500 bucks in my bank account. I was moving into a, an apartment where I didn't even know the neighborhood. I'd never seen the apartment before I moved into it. That's a whole other story. Anyway, oh, wow. <laughs> when I got to New York and I started working for a company called the Miss Universe Organization, which is really random. That was my one experience with corporate America. <laughs> and I, I, would walk, I would walk a lot around Midtown and I would see these women in New York City and think to myself, oh my gosh, like I have no clue what I'm doing. I have no clue. And I thought, Going there, I was pretty stylish. I thought, you know, yeah, I had some clue about style. <laughs> but when I started working and living in New York City, I realized that I had to step, step up my game for sure. 
And, you know, it's not just about feeling like you fit in. It was also about feeling empowered and feeling like you were dressing for the job that you really wanted. Um, and I felt like every woman in New York looks so chic and sophisticated and I was going to figure out how they were doing that. So that was really one of the biggest pivotal moments for me. And I realized I have a lot to learn. That's really interesting. I love that story. I've actually heard, because I mean, I've been to New York just on holiday um, before, but I have heard of friends that have worked there that, that New York women are really groomed, really, really chic. Um, you know, British style is kind of, I think we're a bit more like quirky and sort of anything goes, you know, but you do have to dress with polish. You have to dress for success. But I've heard, you know, the, they're all so groomed, their nails done, their hair done beautifully, all really, you know, made up. Um, is it sort of different across America, really different across America? It's like a real New York thing, is it? Yes, I, and even across cities. So like yeah. the style for New York women is very different than the style of like Dallas women, for example, Dallas, Texas. Um, I think, it, and, and then, you know, if you're not in a major city, the styles change dramatically as well. So New York women, I think they've just nailed the chic, sophisticated, professional, yet understated look. They've got it down. Yeah, totally. I mean, I see what you mean. You feel, you know, it's not about, you know, some people would say, and I just want to ask you about this, is that, you know, dressing well is frivolous, right? So it shouldn't matter. You should be able to wear what you feel like and people should just judge you on what you say and how you do the job. And I know, and you know, that that isn't the case, and you've just given me a perfect example was that moment you had a bit of a light bulb moment in New York and, you know, it wasn't just about fitting in. It was about upping your game, wasn't it? It was about, mm -hmm. so how can dressing be frivolous? You know, some people think it's almost embarrassing if you're serious and professional, you're a top lawyer to think about fashion. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, on the professional level, if when people meet you, you know that there are statistics out there, like within 12 seconds before you've even said a word, they've decided whether you are trustworthy, successful, smart, intelligent, they make all of these judgments about you. And that is based solely on your physical appearance. So whether you like it or not, how you look, how you dress is a huge part of your personal and professional success. And so if you want to be successful in those areas, you really do have to look the part. And so on that level, it's not frivolous. And then for the women who I know when I've been there, and I'm sure you've been there too, where you're like, oh, you take care of everyone else first and you put style on the back burner because that's quote unquote frivolous, not important. The reality is when you fill your bucket, then you're a better mom, wife, friend, sister, aunt, cousin, you're a better person all around because you have then more to give everyone else. So it is so vitally important that you really take care of you and really put effort and energy into your appearance. Yeah. I mean, it's self-care, isn't it? I mean, you know, this is a bit, it's a buzzword at the moment or two words, but um, <laughs> buzz phrase. <laughs> Um, you know, everyone's saying all oh, self-care at the moment, but that's exactly what it is. It's taking care of how you look, which then takes care of how you feel. So, you know, I, it, I just don't 
get when people say that it's frivolous and how, you know, I think people should be unapologetically glamorous if they want to. And you can I agree. Serious. Absolutely. hundred percent. You know, it, I, I agree with you. It, there's nothing frivolous about it. It is a key integral part of life and it is part of self-care as well. And whether you think that's overused or not, um, it is taking care of you. When you take care of you, when you fill your bucket, you have so much more to give everyone else in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really important, especially as mums. I mean, goodness, you know, when you're a mum, you've got to prepare <laughs> yourself because it's so, it's tough at times. So I was going to just, yeah, I was going to say just one more thing about how so many people struggle with their wardrobe. And I just wondered why you think, what are the top reasons why you think people struggle so much with, you know, working out what to wear and all of that kind of thing? What, what would be the top things? One of the key things that I learned, Lisa, when I was seeing women one-on-one and I would go into their closets, in I would say 99% of the time, the reason they were struggling to get dressed each and every day was because they did not have those foundation pieces or what I call the wardrobe basics. So what I would love to do, if it's okay with you, is give your listeners free wardrobe basics checklists. And I created a special URL for them where they can download the checklist. And it's just my website, which is busbystyle.com backslash style dash stories. That's where you can download those wardrobe basics checklists. And I do think that when you have the wardrobe basics, then you have those foundation pieces so that you have things to pair with the fun. So when we go into a store, we're drawn to like the sparkly and the prints and the bold and the applique and, you know, the fun pieces. But if all you buy are fun pieces, what are you going to wear with your fun pieces? They're just going to hang in your closet and you're going to be like, what? I have nothing to wear. So it's kind of like your house. You need that solid foundation. Your wardrobe needs a solid foundation and those are your basics. And I think once you have those basics, you're good. Yeah, I, to- I agree 100%. It's called, I call it magpie shopping. So magpies that like, birds <laughs> that like sparkly things. And you just get, yes. you get seduced by these things and then you buy them and then you put them in your wardrobe. And then, yeah, you haven't got the basics because buying basics is boring. It's not as exciting as buying the sparkly, you know, fun things. But then how does it all flow? So that sounds brilliant. So it's a wardrobe. So it's like to tell you which, it's a checklist, did you say, that, that the listeners can download? Yeah, there are two checklists. Uh, one is for fall, winter, and the other is for spring, summer. It's just the basics that you should have, and you can check them off as you get them. And you don't have to be in any rush to get all of them all at once. You can just kind of pick up, you know, two or three pieces a year if you want to, or two or three pieces a season. Um, because the key, also, as you know, Lisa, is to not just grab anything just to check the box. You want to make sure that it really fits and flatters your body, that it's really high quality, that you can handle the care process and how to care for the garment. Um, You really want to make sure that if all the things you're buying in your wardrobe, those basics are, are really dialed in. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. So you can download that and from Erin's website, and I'll also put the link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Erin, for joining me today. And you've done your workouts. It's early morning there, isn't it, in Colorado? What time is it? Oh, it's it's getting later. It's 11.30. I, I still have to do my workout, but I'll get it in. Oh, you'll get it in next. Okay, good. All right. Thank you so much, Erin. Take care. Thank- sure. Thanks so much, Lisa. Appreciate it.
That was so much fun speaking with Erin today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please do like and subscribe. It really does mean the world to me. And don't forget to grab Erin's amazing downloads on the top wardrobe basics you need for spring, summer and autumn, winter to make sure your wardrobe flows. She mentioned a special link there at the end of the podcast, or you can go to the link in the show notes. Until next time.